0: This is Lori Forster, the wine coach with The Sipping Point, and I'm very excited to have on the line Mitch Cosentino, who is one of the founders of Meritage and released the very first one when he owned Cosentino Winery in Napa Valley back in 1988. And now you run Pure Crew Winery, and but still consult on the Cosentino wines in addition to that, he is one of the members of the Meritage Alliance of all of the wineries that make a Meritage, and we'll talk about what that means. One of the two that he makes um, for Cosentino is The Poet, and that was released in 1986 to much acclaim, and then now in, The Novelist is also there as well, and that's a white Meritage, as I understand. So thank you for joining us, Mitch.
1: Yes. Thank you.
0: Well, I hope, you know, I had such a few minutes there to give your background, which is amazing. So let's talk a little bit about that, since you've really been on the front of Meritage from the very beginning. Before we go any further, let's talk about pronunciation. Everybody says Meritage, but that's incorrect, right?
1: Well, yeah. (laughs) Not everybody does, but it is a very common Use uh, common pronunciation, yes, uh, but it is Meritage. Uh, when people say Meritage to me, I said, "Then please tell me what is your heritage."
0: <laughs> Perfect. I, you, you help them out without making them feel silly. That's wonderful. Right. And Meritage is a blend uh, of wines, usually with or always with the Bordeaux grape varietals. So, tell me, what d- does it take to use the term Meritage on your bottle of wine?
1: Well. Uh, you do have to become a member of the Meritage Alliance to, mm-hmm. to use it. Okay. Um,
0: and is there a vetting process that people uh, go no, through? They
1: have to uh, contact the Meritage Association. There is a a minimum and a maximum fee for usage, depending on what they do with it mm-hmm. in terms of production and all that. But they have to conform to the specifics of you know specific requirements. Okay, uh, which uh, means that it has to be more than one Bordeaux originated variety and uh, can be no more than ninety percent of, of of one particular. Okay. Uh, most often uh, the reds are you know three, four, five varieties. Yes, uh, depending on, of course, what is grown in in the different regions. Originally, it was it was a term that was devised for American wines, but it is over the years been expanded into worldwide uh, usage because anywhere in the world making Bordeaux varietal wines cannot use the term Bordeaux or Bordeaux style unless, of course, you're in Bordeaux.
0: So just for the uh, listeners out there, tell us, we're talking about Bordeaux varietals, and we're tasting three of these Meritage wines, red ones, this week. Tell us what grapes are allowed in your Meritage
1: wines. Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, mm-hmm. Merlot, Petit Verdot, and Malbec are the standard five. Uh, Carmenere is also a Bordeaux Uh, grape that originated uh, in in Bordeaux, although it's primarily known now for South America. Right. Uh, As is Malbec, actually. There's more Malbec in South America than there is in the rest of the world combined. But those are the primary red Bordeaux varietals. Uh, White is uh, Sauvignon Blanc, Semillon, Sauvignon Vert, uh, Muscadel de Bordelais, (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's, it, there's different versions, different names uh, in the U.S. Uh, we have, a, a, you know, there's another one called Sauvignon Mousquet, but the TTB feds recognize that only as another form of Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. There is, in addition to that, there's Sauvignon Gris, which there's very little of uh, outside of Bordeaux. There's very little of it in Bordeaux, even. Okay. So
0: you have to belong to the Alliance. You have to use the Bordeaux varietals, and we just oriented to what those are. And one thing that's come about, and I see this when I'm out doing tastings and events, people are fascinated with blends. Now, you and I know this is not a new thing, (laughs) but in the consumer's mind, they love this whole idea of the blend. I, I liken it to teamwork or a recipe. And this is really showing... In the stats as far as sales, as well. Tell me about the popularity recently of Meritage.
1: Well, I, you know, it's when we first started it, um, you know, 25 years ago, uh, you know, we came about because well, we had to have an identity for these blends that were Bordeaux originated. Mm-hmm. Um, some people do confuse Meritage with just blends in general, but it is just Bordeaux varietals, not right. Italian or Rhone style. The attention to it because of the expanding broadness of people really getting into wines and into unique things and proprietary wines. Uh, it's part of the exploration and the experimentation uh, and the interest, uh, the fun interest uh, for a lot of people that are getting into wines and those that have been in it for a while. You're finding that the dimension of the wines, uh, especially in like with Red Meritage, is much more... Uh, dynamic, and Meritage Reds are much more food-friendly than typical Cabernet Sauvignons. Uh, Merlot, Cabernet Franc are really the key components in, in giving that wine more dimension and, di- and dynamics. And the whites, uh, everybody knows Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, white Meritage wines really aren't Sauvignon Blanc. They're, I, in fact, I refer to the two whites that I do, one for each company, the Novelist for Cosentino and the Purity, Purity with an E for Pure Crew, mm-hmm. uh, are both red wine drinkers. Whites and they are they are the not Sauvignon Blanc wines uh, <laughs> because the Semion is really the magic component in those wines to give the wine more broadness and depth and more complexity.
0: Wow! And last year, sales in this category increased twenty six percent. Now, kind of pushing Pinot Noir out. Uh, I guess in popularity, huh?
1: Yeah, well, it, there is more effort worldwide. I think uh, uh, there is more dimension. Um, you can you you can find them with they're, they're very food friendly. Uh, something that Bordeaux varieties typically have not always been, especially in the red category, um, it, at least made uh, uh, in this area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what's happened. I mean, it's really been a an experimentation of people that learned Cabernets and want to go to another dimension where they've, n- n- you know, discovered Merlots and want to find where those, you know, where they grow to Cabernet Franc is a variety that I've championed since the mid eighties when nobody was doing it. Uh, I've always used it as a, as the second most important component in red Meritage wines. And, uh, And when made properly, it can be one of the most exciting and uniquely different wines. So I think that's the thing. You've developed a category that is more complex and more varied and more food-friendly. In fact, often I refer to the poet as a perfect four-top wine when four people go to sit down and eat. At a restaurant, everybody orders something different to eat. The one that's usually the happiest is the person who orders the wine to mm-hmm. go with what he's eating, but it may not go with everybody else's. Uh, Meritage Reds are much more versatile and have a better opportunity to really meet for a, a wider range of food.
0: Great. Now, you mentioned uh, Pure Crew. That's little P, capital C. Right. <laughs> and one <that's>, word. <laughs> your, yeah. One word, and that's your new winery. So yes. why don't you give us, um, now that we've kind of explored Meritage in general, give us an idea of the philosophy for Pure Crew, and let people know how they can find out more.
1: Pure Crew is really designed to be a, a very small limited production, mainly from the winery, which would be purecrewwines.com. dot uh, com. We are in some uh, states; we're in the north, um, in the northeast, in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, in a, you know fine wine shops and restaurants. Uh, we are exploring. Uh, Opportunities in the uh, you know general Virginia area and around that neck of the woods, but mm-hmm. uh, right now it's basically online. They're very unique. Uh, we're doing cult style production. Uh, M, the leading wine is the M Cause, which is taken from my signature. A wine that goes back from the first vintage was 1988, and it was also an early Meritage wine.
0: Oh, nice! And,
1: uh, and limited production. The current uh, vintage is only is less than 200 cases and available through our website or our wine club. So,
0: Well, Mitch Cosentino from the Meritage Alliance and Pure Crew Winery, thank you so much for being with us. If you want to find out more about the Meritage Alliance, go to MeritageAlliance.com. Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Yes, no problem. Thank you. Cheers. Discover the recipe for a delicious life each week on The Sipping Point with Lori Forster, The Wine Coach, each week, Saturdays at noon on WBAL 1090 AM or at WBAL.com.
0: You're listening to The Sipping Point, and this is Lori Forster, The Wine Coach. I am so excited because we've come... One of my favorite segments of every week It's called the Wine Sandwich of the Week And that's where we sandwich great food In between delicious sips of wine But this week, because tomorrow is Easter We're going to do something a little bit different Now, if the Easter Bunny visits your house like he does mine, many of you are waking up tomorrow morning with mounds of candy, more than anyone in the house can eat. And so I thought it would be fitting to think of some uses for all this candy. And to help me out, I have on the line Robin Treves, and she is a stay-at-home mom with amazing blogs about eco-friendly food options and she's a wife and mom to two boys so you know she's busy but she specifically writes for the mother nature network about all things eco-friendly and food related robin thank you for joining us you're welcome and you're uh you're on the horn from my home state of new jersey so let's hear it for jersey girls (laughs) all right i love it and You're right. Tomorrow morning, we're all going to have this delivery from the Easter Bunny and many of us, loads and loads of candy. And of course, I'm going to let my daughter, Michaela, enjoy a little bit of it. And I might sneak a piece or two as well. But most of us have more than we could really eat. What do we do with this so we could feel a little more responsible and green?
2: Okay. Well, the last thing you want to do is be dumping it in the trash. (laughs) Yes. Um, I know you feel guilty. (laughs) Although it's tempting, Mm -hmm. but there are things that you can do with it so that the kids don't consume an entire, you know, (laughs) year's years worth worth of candy Mm -hmm. in a day or two. The first is to donate it to homeless shelters because there are families, moms and kids or dads and kids that are in homeless shelters who probably didn't get anything on Easter morning. Oh, yeah. So if you can take some of the candy, have your kids help you, and bag it up really nice, put a ribbon on it, and if you have a shelter near you, to donate to the shelter so that the kids can you know share what they have with kids who don't have as much.
0: That's such a great lesson, too, for the children because you know when you're younger and you have all of these great blessings, you don't realize that other people don't have the same. So I love that right. idea. Love it. What okay. else?
2: Another idea is, you know, the peeps?
0: Yeah. Oh, love
2: those. <laughs> the marshmallow, yellow-covered, pink-covered, you know. Some every people,
0: color now, huh? Every color, <laughs>
2: and they're bunnies, and they're rabbits, and I mean, they probably have them like sh- spaceship at this point, <laughs> but some people love them. Some people don't love them. Mm-hmm. I happen to not like them okay and my kids don't but my mom makes them easter baskets every year and she puts the peeps in them oh yeah because they make it look so festive Mm -hmm. so you can use those really creatively okay um now this one wouldn't be for the kids but you can (laughs) vodka soak them
0: oh i (laughs) like that peep teenies peep teenies love it sounds delicious i'm gonna try that
2: i know (laughs) Just keep them away from your kids after that. Oh, of course. Um, you can cut them up and make Rice Krispies treats out of them instead of a bag of marshmallows.
0: Oh, that's a great idea.
2: Uh, you can melt one in your coffee or your hot chocolate.
0: Nice. Good morning uh, after. <laughs>
2: yes. Uh, you can use them to uh, actually melt in a fondue with chocolate and make a marshmallowy chocolate fondue ah, that will have some bright colors in them. Very nice. And then nice. bring out the fruit. <laughs> and dip the fruit in them, make it a little more healthy that way. I like it. Um, some people even use them in Waldorf salads or ambrosia. Okay. And you just have to know that the colors are going to be really festive right around Easter time when you make those salads.
0: That's really so, great. Can you freeze them? I wonder.
2: I bet you could. I can't imagine why you wouldn't, but yeah. I've never tried it.
0: That could, that could um, be interesting as well.
2: You know what? You could freeze them and then bring them back out in the summer around the bonfire and make peeps and Morse.
0: Oh, see? Look, at, we're coming up with great ideas <laughs> on the fly. I just thought of that one right there. <laughs> well, I love jelly beans. I'm a big fan, and mm-hmm. I know we get tons. There's just bowls of them everywhere around this time of year. But we can do some fun things with jelly beans after the fact uh, besides eating them, right?
2: Right. The best thing that you can do with them is to make some sort of art out of them, uh, just like – Think way back to when you did it with beans and Girl Scouts or something like that. Where you draw a picture, <laughs> and you use the glue, mm-hmm. and then you trace the um, the lines from the picture around with the jelly beans, and you make some jelly bean art.
0: Oh, that's great! And it, it's a great rainy day project to have on hand with kids, you know. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And you know, in my day, the big deal, and and maybe you can relate, was to get that chocolate bunny, but. And then- yeah, and eat and the head right off. <laughs> eat the head right off. Exactly. <laughs> what do you do with the rest of the bunny?
2: Well, if it doesn't get my boys will eat it all in the one day. But if it doesn't go, you can chop it up and use it like chocolate pieces and anything else that you would use in chocolate chip cookies, um, in brownies. You could melt them um, and make a, a fondue with the bunnies, with the peeps.
0: Oh, And take great. the two together and make yourself a fondue. Oh, I love it. No waste. No (laughs) way. Well, these are all amazing ideas. If Folks, I know you have more as well. We don't have time to talk about them all. But if folks want to check out your blog and get more of these ideas at the Mother Nature Network, can you let us know where to find you?
2: Yeah. Mother Nature Network is simply MNN.com. Okay. And we are the largest environmental news network online. We're really easy to find. If you scroll down the page, you'll see all the bloggers and you'll see my name under Food Blogger. Great. And just click right on that. Uh, there's a little uh, caricature of me. I've got this big red okay. hair on the character, so it's very easy to find. Love it. And actually, this morning, I just posted a piece on finding organic and natural candies to put in your Easter basket. So that's something they might want to also uh,
0: check out. Oh, that's a great idea. And we'll link directly to your blog as well at thewinecoach.com. Robin Shreves from the Mother Nature Network, you gave us great ideas for leftover candy, and I'm going to be checking out um, your latest posts. Uh, Thank you so much for being on The Sipping Point.
2: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Lori. Cheers. Bye.